Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Why, hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to Bravo East Coast Housewives. It's your bitch, Kim Yinza, who lives in Chicago. Well, there's a whole story with that, which most of you may or may not know, but I'm just going to say, guys, I'm still here in Pittsburgh. I know, right? What the fuck is wrong with me? I've pretty much been here since November of last year. Like, what the fuck? Uh, basically a year. What the hell is wrong with me? Well, guess what? After July 4th, Yin's guys, I'll be going back to Chi-Town. I'm super excited. And this past weekend was really, really nice. I hope you all had a wonderful Father's Day, your fathers, their fathers, fathers, etc., etc. I had a great weekend. My little nephew turned three. He is the most adorable thing ever in my life. Maybe that's part of the reason on why I've stayed here so long. Obviously, family is very important to me, and I have a three-year-old nephew, and he's amazing, and I'm obsessed with him, and I love him. Yay! So that's basically my life this past weekend, Yin's guys. Let's go to some Bravo topics today, and we're going to do some What the Bravo right now. So What the Bravo. First and foremost, just want to talk about the feud, the social media feud between Golnessa and Kelly Dodd. Well, we all have heard that Kelly did not get asked to come back to the Housewives of Orange County. Neither did Bronwyn. Thank God. Uh, we'll get into that. But Kelly was going on Instagram saying something about Shaws of Sunset, Gigi in particular, and how she never heard of her and all this shit. And then Gigi, because she is a badass motherfucking bitch, she gets on her Instagram live and she's just talking shit saying, oh, yeah, there's definitely a recording of you at one of your motherfucking reunions, bitch, saying that you would want to be on Shaws of Sunset. So don't sit here and tell me you don't know who I am, bitch. I've been on this show for 10 plus years. Ooh, Gigi was really going in on Kelly Dodd, and it was the best thing I've ever seen. And of course, Kelly responds, uh, I don't know if she really knows much of what she was saying, and there were definitely people giving her a hard time, and et cetera, et cetera. So that feud was kind of big, happened in the past couple days, and I thought it was pretty interesting. We're going to move over real quick to Giselle and Jamal. Ugh. Guys, guess what? They're they're done. They're not together anymore. Cue in the, I'm not shocked, okay? We're not shocked. Duh, that was going to happen anyways. And crazy, you guys, oh, I'm going to read this quote that I found that supposedly Giselle said. This is from my classic reality blurb website. This is what she says in reference to Jamal. She says, he lives in Atlanta, I live here in Maryland and we were going through a pandemic and you just really can't have a long distance pandemic relationship. That just don't work. Here's my thing. Uh, Okay, Giselle. Okay. She continues to say, I've known Jamal 25 years. People have had issues and commentary and things to say about him forever. I know who and what he is. I know what our relationship is. So it didn't play a part in our split. 
I can't get over this. Giselle, I don't understand why your blinders are on for Jamal. He is a shitty ass person. Everyone and their mother and their brother and their cousin and their grandmothers and etc. They know that he is not a good dude. You are better than the gap, Giselle. Come on. Ugh. I did not like that I read that. Who says that she actually did say that? Of course, it's a reality website. You know, we never know if the shit is true, but it's there. So I'm talking about it. But if she really did say that, the blood is just boiling inside of me because I know that she's so much better than Jamal. And I just don't know why she's making excuses. She's making excuses, if you were to ask me. However, let's move on from that because we don't want to give Jamal so much limelight because he's a piece of shit. Wendy, though, Wendy and Giselle, we're going to be seeing it whenever the season starts. Apparently, they're having a little tiff here and there. So Giselle speaks about her drama with Wendy and uh, how I guess one of them unfollowed each other. This was earlier this year. I can't remember if Giselle unfollowed Wendy first or the other way around, but she's talking a little bit about that. And I guess I think it was Giselle, really. She's talking about how I think she called Wendy boring or maybe Wendy did. The way that this article was written was a little confusing to follow. Just saying. Grammar. Hello. Uh, but let me see here. Da, 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 da. Giselle is claiming that Wendy didn't really have much else to do on the show other than be up in Giselle's face. I don't know how true that is, but if Giselle wants to think that, that's cool. I, listen, I'm Giselle all the way, but I also love Wendy. I love all these women. But, you know, if they want to think the way that they think, you do you, boo. That's all I'm saying. I'm just going to be here to talk about it. Robin is also admitting that the women have moved on from the Candace and Monique drama from last season. Well, guess what, Yins, guys? They have moved on, but I haven't. Like, shit, I still want to talk about it. I want to know more about what the fuck happened. Monique obviously went on uh, behind the velvet rope and spoke to David, my friend who was on last week, spoke about that shit like we need to know all of the deets. Bravo doesn't tell us everything. So yeah, I guess they're done and over it, but I know in my heart that it's always going to be there and it's like a classic moment in Housewives history. Yeah, so that's Potomac. Now let's go to, let's go to the OC. The cast list has been revealed, most of them. Heather Debro is coming back. We knew that. I don't know. Is Tamara still going to come back? I'm not really sure. People were still talking about it. I feel like she might be the surprise housewife that they're kind of talking about, but they're not revealing the name. So Shannon's returning. Emily's returning. Gina. Who else? There's uh, Heather. Heather, Heather, Heather. Am I missing anyone? No, I think that's it. Four for right now. So Kelly and Bronwyn are out. Bravo gods. Thank you so much. I'm very, very happy, especially with Bronwyn. Now, Andy goes on Heather's podcast to talk about the upcoming cast for the season. Heather is one of them, obviously. He said that he and the producers felt that Bronwyn should be let go so she could focus on her life at home because everything that she was going through this past season was pretty heavy and they felt that the environment of the show wouldn't be healthy for her or her family and I guess that was a good call sure whatever I, honestly I, I really just don't like Bronwyn she is not my favorite I she, yeah I could I could take her or leave her for sure no actually I'd leave her I, I just don't like her as far as Kelly Andy said 
and this is a quote from him from Reality Blurb. He says, Kelly was wildly funny and entertaining for many years on the show and just really had people talking for many, many years. But here's the thing. I kind of feel like Andy might not regret her not being on the show, but I kind of feel like he does. I really think that he liked her a lot. I think he liked how much shit she brought to the show And mind you, whether it was like negative as fuck, which a lot of it this past year was negative as fuck and just like bad, it brought some sort of entertainment factor to people in some capacity, okay? Even when she started on how controversial she was in the beginning, people loved that shit, okay? She was authentically who she is, I think, in real life on the show. And I think Andy really, really liked that. And I think he deep down might still want her to be on the show. Of course, this is my humble opinion, but he'll never say it. But I almost feel like they let her go because they didn't really want to get the backlash from us fans and the viewers of the show. Could I be talking out of my ass? Yeah, I could be. So do I feel like they let her go because they didn't want to deal with the backlash from viewers such as ourselves? Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. There's always a possibility for anything, right? Do you guys agree with me? Am I making this shit up? Let me know because I'm curious. I want to know your thoughts. So with that, those are, that's basically the only shit that I thought was kind of cool to talk about there's some Erica shit but honestly Beverly Hills like I said before it's boring me it's boring the fuck out of me and I'm really sad about that I would have thought with this whole Erica thing that she would be able to carry the plot really well but I'm sorry Erica on how much I loved you I'm very disappointed in you but you can't even even whenever it's your main storyline you can't even carry the show I'm very uh it's because she can't legally I don't think she can So yeah, Beverly Hills is boring as fuck. So let's just get to our main event, my bravo believers. And uh, we're going to talk about our New York bitches. So the main event continues with Leah calling Heather a Karen. God, Heather, you're such a Karen. Do you even know what I mean? Not really. Okay, so it starts off with that. Then... Luann's trying to comfort her and do all this shit. And then after Leah's little temper tantrum, she's like, oh, my God, can we just go? So everything is fine in the world. Yay. So then they're going on the bus and they're going to the pageant of Miss New York of 1970, honey. So they're in the limo. Leah wants to bring it up with Heather to resolve the issue of the whole voting shit that Ebony kind of started without knowing that it was really a big thing. There was just miscommunication and misunderstanding here is really what this whole thing was about. So Leah addresses Heather and wanted to resolve it. Then we find out that Ebony, in fact, misspoke about the matter with what Heather said about voting, which triggered Leah. We all saw it. (laughs) But I do enjoy the fact that Ebony went in her confessional and she's like, I was like, damn, I didn't mean to do that. I definitely did not mean to start any shit. But yay, every, everyone is forgiven. Yay, move on. Let's go to the pageant. So they arrive. Miss New York, 1970. So we have Miss Southampton. That's Ramona. What's her talent? She's doing dumbbell weight lifts uh, uh, for her arms to prove that they are super strong. And she does 40 push-ups. I'm very impressed because I'm lucky I can do one uh, with my knees on the floor. <laughs> 
So that was her talent. Dumbbell weightlifting push-ups. You go, bitch. Now, (laughs) there was a point when she was doing these push-ups when the host was saying that she was wowing the crowd. (laughs) But if you looked at them, no one was doing anything. They were just like watching her. They didn't do anything that you were like, oh my God. So I thought that was funny. Then we have Miss Upper East Side. That would be Sonia. What was her talent? She was a mime. For her talent, I really couldn't understand. Like, what the fuck did they guess? It was like two words or something. Everyone was so goddamn loud, I couldn't even hear it. And I'm not talking about the people that I watched it with, which was just myself. I'm talking about the women. They were like talking so loud. I have no idea what the what the actual thing that they were guessing. What was it? Tell me. I have no fucking clue. It had to have involved a dick in some way because Sonia made that motion with the scarf that she had. So, but I still to this day I have no idea. Then we have Miss Sag Harbor, which is Luann. Her talent was baton twirling. And I have to say she wasn't that bad. I mean, She wouldn't be in, like, high school's color guard or anything, but she was okay. She was okay. But I also felt like, Luann, why are you doing that for your talent? I thought your life was a cabaret! Your life is a cabaret! I guess not. Not when it was 1970. Okay. Then we have Miss City Hall, Ebony. She did a spoken word which was lovely. And then you have Ramona in her confessional. <laughs> and she's like, man, we just wanted to have fun tonight. Can't we just have fun? Why does it always have to be serious? Can't it just be about fun? I thought that was funny. In reference to what Ebony was saying in her spoken word about being a black woman and how people see her and all that kind of stuff. So Ramona, of course, you got to say anything and everything all the time. It's crazy. But Ramona, that's why we love you and hate you at the same time. So now we have Upper Upper West, Miss Upper West, Heather. B, aggressive. B, E, aggressive. B, E, A, G, G, R, E, S, S, I, V, E. Yes, I did it right. I spelled aggressive right. I didn't want to be a fucking moron. Okay, so her talent was being a cheerleader, which was crazy because she wasn't even wearing like a cheerleader outfit. She was very Carrie looking along with Leah. No, actually she wasn't. She looked like she was wearing the dress that Christina Ritchie wore in the movie Casper when she went to that dance to be with that boy that she liked in her house. It was her mother's dress, I think. She was wearing that type of dress. Heather looked exactly like Christina Ritchie from Casper. I just thought of it. Bingo. Then we have Miss Downtown, which is Leah, and her talent was doing the hula hoop things with her arms. Not that amazing but whatever so throughout this whole thing throughout the show my loves throughout the show the second runner-up was miss city hall which was ebony and she she takes to her confessional man this is a bullshit i agree ebony i agree then we have first runner-up miss sag harbor was luann luann also says in her in her confessional man this is some bullshit even though she's the one that kind of set it up She did it on purpose, but Lou, you go, Lou. I feel for you, Lou. That's good. You're a good friend here. So the winner was Leah, and I don't know. In the show, does she really mean this? I really hope not. I think that she she's definitely, I don't know. She's smarter than what I'm thinking. I know that she is. But what she says in her confessional, she's like, well, these people didn't even know what was going on in my life with my grandmother and all this shit, so I know that I won fair and square. Leah, what? 
I know that you had to have been putting on the acting for us in your confessional, girl, because I don't buy that. Like, come on. The talent, the hula hoops versus spoken word versus Sonia's miming. I thought that was, I thought her thing was pretty good. If I was the judge, I would probably put Sonia first, Ebony second, and then for the third... Third, I'd probably put Ramona because I'm impressed with those damn push-ups. So those would be my top three. Now, Luann wanted Leah to win, so that's how she set it up. And I think that was great. Leah needed it. She needed the confidence, the support. So Luann, brava to you. I did appreciate the fact that Leah did take to the mic. She wanted to make a little speech. You know what I mean? You're supposed to do that, aren't you? I was never a pageant girl. I have no idea. Let's ask Ashley Darby, Candace Dillard. Let's do that. Even Ebony was a pageant queen, so we could ask her too. But she gets to the mic and she wants to apologize to the girls about her crazy ass actions and antics that she was doing throughout the Hamptons trip. I don't think it was on purpose to be malicious. I just think that was her coping mechanism and that she just lashed out that, you know, she was dealing with some shit. I completely understand. I'm not saying that it's right. I'm pretty sure she would say the same thing. However, that's just what she did and the ladies trudged right through it. So she apologized. I thought that was really nice that they showed that. And then you get to the morning after at Ramona's house. Everyone is packing up to go back to the city. Luann is coming over with the breakfast that she brings for the ladies. We find out that Leah leaves early so she can be with her grandmother. She also sends the ladies a group text to thank them for the lovely weekend. But then we find out that in fact her grandmother did pass away and Ramona was reading the text and she puts it down as soon as she reads it and she doesn't continue and she starts crying because she feels very sad and she feels bad for Leah and her family. I did too. We find out that Leah did not make it in time to see her grandmother before she died. Ramona is then trying to send a condolence text to Leah and she is writing many things. I I don't know. She was she was trying to write a book essentially and thank God Luann was there because Ramona probably would have kept going on and on and on which would make Leah be reminded constantly of what just happened. I don't know. Ramona just is terrible with like bad things like that, okay? So Luann helped her out and just said, keep it simple. And Luann basically said, just write this and send it. And she did. And thank you, Luann. That was great. That was very Countess of you. Yes. So the ladies come down for breakfast and they're talking about Leah's grandmother passing away. And then Ebony says, yeah, I FaceTimed her this morning and she wasn't hysterical about it. She was just sort of taking it in. And Ebony wanted to let the ladies know that she was comforting Leah. And I guess Leah was thinking, oh, my God, I shouldn't have been with the ladies. Like, I should have been home this whole time. I missed everything. What is wrong with me? And Ebony was there to comfort her and say, you know what? God doesn't make mistakes. So you want to remember your grandmother in such a way where she was like warm and filled with life and all this kind of stuff. You don't want to remember her in such a way where she was unresponsive. She didn't know who you are and all that kind of shit. Then she says to the ladies, that's kind of how I am with my grandmother. And sometimes I feel really bad because I just want to have the memory of my grandmother being very much alive and have so much spirit in life. And I don't want to think of her last moments 
as her not knowing who I am because Ebony's grandmother has Alzheimer's. So she opens up to the women. She's very vulnerable with that. And I think that's very beautiful that she let these women in. I mean, that's a very, very deep subject to speak with women that you don't really know that well. But I think Ebony is very, very open to new relationships. And I think she's really just a genuine ass bitch. And I fucking, bravo, what the fuck? You should have had her on whenever the damn show started way back when, okay? Like this girl is probably the most real housewife that I have ever seen in all of the franchise. That's just my own thought. I would say Robin Dixon too. I think she's pretty real as fuck too. Not only did Ebony open up about her grandmother, but she also opened up to the ladies how this woman reached out to her via social media, I believe. Her name is Ashley. And she says, Ebony, I'm your sister. So I am your father's daughter that you didn't know because we find out that Ebony didn't really know much about her dad. And when Ebony got this information, she was like, okay, this is interesting. Why do you think that I'm your sister? And I guess this Ashley girl responds, that there's a picture of Ebony on her grandmother's mantle. And I guess her family, Ashley's family, always said that she had a sister. So Ebony confesses in her confessional that her mother didn't want to go into that type of situation because she didn't really know what could be true and she wasn't so sure. So she didn't really want to explore those options about that. Not like currently, but like back in the day, I guess. So Ebony's curious and I think she's trying to invite the ladies in on this and she wants to find this whole situation to see if it's actually in fact correct and true and she wants her friends, the gals, to be there to support her and uh, basically go on the journey with her when she tries to figure out is this lady actually my sister. So again, I think Ebony is very open She's open arms to meeting new people and really getting to the core of someone's soul. That's just my thoughts here. So then after that, Heather comes in and she wants to apologize to Ebony for the articulate comment that she made the other night when she said, you're very articulate with the way that you speak. So she wanted to apologize for that. And Ebony even said, you know, I know that it wasn't malicious. And I even know that you probably didn't even know the history behind that word. But then she wanted to explain herself to the ladies and to Heather. And nice thing, they were able to move forward from it. Ebony then wants to explain why articulate is a trigger for her. And she says that with saying the word to a black person, it is assumed that they can't speak the king's proper English or the king's English properly, not proper English, what the fuck. So she's saying that the stereotype is there whenever you say the word articulate. And I completely hear what she's saying. So they were able to move on from that. Ebony was open and honest with how she felt and the women were listening, which is important. It's all about listening and learning and growing. You know what I mean? Just like life. We got to do that shit. So that was a really nice moment to see. But then when Ebony did say that, when she said it's assumed that they can't speak the king's English properly, cue Luann. Luann, way to bring the comic relief during this. It's a, it's a tough, heavy subject, but it needs to be spoken about. But Lou added a little bit of relief to it, which was nice. I enjoyed the moment. And Luann, I didn't know you were that funny, so good for you. And she's like, yeah, 
just like Ramona not being able to speak the king's English properly. LOL, it's so true. We all know. So everything is all good. And it was a good uh, end of the trip. So fast forward to Leah's apartment. Her sister Sarah is coming over. And uh, they're, you know, they're emotional about the passing of their grandmother. They're mourning together. And then eventually we go to Sonia's townhouse and we see her new assistant. She's talking to her new assistant about something. I don't know. But excuse me. Uh, didn't she look like Erica Jane? The bitch looked like Erica Jane. Young Erica Jane before she met Tom Girardi and basically took a lot of people's money that wasn't hers. She looked exactly like Erica. Fight me on it. Fight me on it. So, oh, this scene was pretty interesting. Ramona meets with a former million dollar listing man, Michael Lorber, to talk about her becoming a possible real estate agent? Does that mean that we will see her compete with Ryan and Frederick whenever he's there? Because I think he's in LA now. And Hottie McHot, Steve Gold. Hello. Can you see? And the woman, I I don't remember her name because I don't really watch this season. I'm so sorry. I got to get better. But do we see her competing with them? That would actually be pretty interesting. I, I probably would watch that if she was on it. It would be quite funny. But maybe she really does know her shit. So as she's talking to him, she's basically saying her resume of her qualities and her traits. I'm a very driven woman. I I, I have so much vision and I, I just I just want to join the team. And I, I'm very competitive. So you're hearing all this shit throughout the conversation. She's talking about the real estate test. There's a lot of shit that goes to it. And then he's talking about nowadays you have to speak Politically correct when it comes to your showings of apartments and or townhouses, etc. Like you can't say master bedroom anymore. You can't say his or her bathroom. You have to do it like here's bedroom one, bedroom two. Here's this bathroom. Here's another bathroom. All that kind of shit. So you can't really have any type of, I don't know, is the word ownership there? I have no idea. I could be wrong with that. But you can't say master bedroom all that shit. You just can't do it anymore. So do you think Ramona would be able to remember that? I honestly feel like she wouldn't be. No, I know she wouldn't be sensitive to that shit because she would just be like, this is the master bedroom. This is uh, her closet. Oh, blah, 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 blah. I just don't think that she would. Maybe she'll surprise us, but a leopard can't change its spots. You know what I'm saying? So then we go to Trinity Boxing with Martin. When she changed your name. Okay, Dorita. We got Ebony, Leah, and Sonia. Ebony asks Leah about the wake whenever she gets there. She's like, hey, how did the wake go for your grandmother? There was a little bit of emotion there and understandably so. And then eventually her and Leah brought Sonia over because they want to help her out with her self-esteem. She kind of gets shat all over from Luann and Ramona a lot of the times through the years that we've seen. So through that whole Trinity boxing excursion, We see Sonia become a badass and she's trying to beat the shit out of Martin. Does she do it? I mean, you know, I guess in a Sonia way. (laughs) So, but that was a really nice moment because Ebony and Leah want Sonia to have more confidence in herself and more self-respect for herself because it seems like Luann and Ramona don't have much respect for her a lot of the time. So they want her to be like, bitch, fuck you and you, Luann and Ramona. 
is basically what that whole excursion was about. So now, the big important thing of America's life every day, not every day, but there's only one. Okay, I'll shut the fuck up. It was election day 2020. Biggest election of life. So you see the long ass line with the ladies going to vote in the city. Fucking long ass line to go vote. Big deal, right? Biden or Trump. Come on. It's crazy, though, like after you see all of this, knowing the outcome of what happened, and then you see the cameras focusing on the dudes putting on the fucking boards on the buildings and shit, like preparing for the looting and the rioting, protesting, whatever, whatever. We knew they knew what was coming. And I was just like, shit, that's on brand. And I hate when people say on brand, but I just did it. Ebony then has an election party at her house, her apartment. Leah arrives with her dog, Angel Marie. But seriously, Leah, what the fuck are your outfit choices for the show lately? I hate majority of them. I I feel like they're over the top. You basically wore a tutu on your ass and like you're shitting out your tutu. I just don't understand it. I mean, it's your freedom of expression. I get it. But, you know, hot or not, I'd say not. Like throw that shit out. That's just, it was bad. It was bad. Then we see John F. Kennedy arriving, a.k.a. Luann, dressed up with a mask. In my mind, though, I know she brought other ones. She brought, like, Bill Clinton and I think George Bush. But don't you think it's a little weird that she did, in fact, wear John F. Kennedy's mask? Because we know that Carol was married. Yes, Carol Radswell was married to Anthony Radswell, which was... John F. Kennedy Jr.'s cousin subtext. And I know maybe I'm the only one that's thinking that because I know Luann is holding that motherfucking grudge that Carol went out with Adam, okay? She's holding that grudge. So I kind of feel she wore that mask as like a subtext for whatever reason, like an undertone. She was taking a jab at Carol in some kind of way. Yeah, my mind is fucked up, clearly. (laughs) Ah. So throughout this whole party, what the fuck? Angel Marie, Leah, control your pooch. He's eating all the fucking food. He's getting on someone else's table. Like you don't even live there and your dog's getting on someone else's table doing all this shit. It's crazy. So as they're looking at the results and shit that obviously didn't come in one day, Ebony wants to tell the ladies that they are now invited to another party that she is hosting in Harlem. She wants to show the ladies about really who she is and she identifies in Harlem, okay? So Harlem's a pretty kick-ass place and she wants the ladies to see it. So I think that is the next day. So at least that's what the show is making. It seems like they're going the next day. So Ramona goes and she calls up Ebony to check on the ladies and she's like I think I'm gonna come back into the city because I think I think things are gonna be safe I think they're gonna be safe in the city but then you see Sonia in her confessional and she says Ramona just doesn't want to show up to a political party and she basically does what's best for Ramona she don't want to go there she don't want to be political she want to be out in the fucking Hamptons whatever So after Ramona gets off the phone, the girls are talking about Ramona. Sarah brings up the fact that she feels Ramona is a hypocrite. Sarah, uh, meaning Leah's sister. And then Sonia comes out, baby. She is speaking her truth, saying that Ramona is such a manipulator with posting pictures of new friends. And I guess 
from that whole statement, it doesn't seem like she's ever posted stuff with Leah and Sonia. That was during the showing. I don't know how necessarily that is true. I could go back on her Instagram if I wanted to, but I don't care too much to. But according to Sonia in this, that is what's happening. So Ramona takes pictures of her new friends and she puts them on Instagram. So with that, Sonia is basically saying that she has some sort of agenda. And Ebony asks Sonia, why do you think she's doing that? And then Ebony says, wait, 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 wait. You're telling me that she's just posting pictures of her new friends who are black to counter a narrative that she is racist. What the fuck? Because the ladies were like, yeah. And crazy but not crazy thing is, not only did Sonia say it at the party, obviously she said it in her confessional. And guess what? So did Luann. So did Leah. So they all think that. It is kind of interesting if that is in fact true. Sonia thinks that Ramona wears people as a handbag. I guess that would be Bershawn, who I don't think we've really met yet, and Ebony. So that is, I guess, Ramona's agenda to have them as her accessory or something, as a handbag, whichever. But I get what she means. So Sonia is then going crazy about Ramona. She's definitely been doing, she's been hitting the tipper, as Dorinda would say. And she is just talking and talking and talking about how these women sleep with so many other people. Luanna, Ramona. No, actually Ramona, because Luann's there. She probably means a little bit of Luann as well. How Sonia's real and Ramona's not. And Sonia's also not that social, but Ramona is, etc. And basically the episode ends with her being sloshed, leaving the party, but she had a great time. And now we're preparing for Ebony's night in Harlem. So that's how the episode ended. We are now going to go to the Dueling Divas, only a few, and it's going to be very brief. So let's do that now. This is super easy, Dueling Divas. I have two. Leah versus Heather, duh, at the very beginning. And Sonia versus Ramona at the very end. The voting thing with Heather and Leah, it almost seemed like Bravo was stretching it out to make it be this long couple episode feud, which in all reality, it seemed like it only lasted for less than 10 minutes. So I'm telling you, that's all production, baby. Production knows their shit. So keep doing the dream for us because we eat that shit up. Now with Sonia and Ramona, though, that shit's been going on for years and years and years and years because they're like sisters from another mister. Sonia hates that Ramona is so fake because we know that she is. Don't you remember whenever she said, Dorinda, come to my party, you're at this table, and then she goes to another table because she's a bitch and she wants a social climb. Like, what the fuck, Ramona? So yeah, that's been going on for years. Even though they love each other, they are dueling divas like forever and ever, but it's great, right? That's why we watch this shit. We're gonna go to some weekly shade. So I have a few weekly shade moments. Oh, one of them, I said it earlier, but I didn't say it was a shady moment. But it's Ramona talking about Ebony after she did her beautiful spoken word at the New York pageant talent show. And Ramona says, and this is a beauty pageant. It's supposed to be fun. Can't we just have fun for like one night? Sheesh. So that was a little shade thrown at Ebony saying, come on, Ebony. Can we just relax a bit? Shade number one. Shade number two. When Ramona's texting Leah about her grandmother, Luann is getting on her confessional. This is so true, by the way. (laughs) And she says, 
This is exactly why I don't have Ramona's emergency contact in my phone because she always seems to make a bad situation horribly worse. That is so true. She tries to comfort and console you when in fact she just makes you feel like more shit than you already feel. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully that made sense. I feel like that was fucked up, but whatever. Last shade that I have is Luann about Leah and her dog. But I kind of feel like this, She, I think she's kind of right about this too. <laughs> she says that Leah's dog is pretty much parallel to her with the way that she acts. Thank God she doesn't have a tiki torch. I mean, yeah, I liked it. That was, that was some nice shade. It was light. I think it was true. And that's what shade is about, honey. Yes, let's go to the quote of the week. So I have a couple quotes here. I have about four. <laughs> Just the first one. It was cute. Leah about Ramona whenever she was doing her fucking weightlifting shit. She says, Ramona consists of rosé and muscle. It used to be Pinot Grigio. So I guess, you know, rewind five, seven years ago, it would have been Pinot Grigio and muscle. But now it's rosé. Next one. Oh, this was so good. This is from, well, I'll just say it and then I'll talk about who said it. All right. So we are exercising our right to vote for Tinsdale. Oh, I love this one. It was Leah and then Martin from Trinity Box. And we love fucking Martin. Who's Dorita? So I'll say it again because it was great. It was on election day. We are exercising our right to Vote for Tinsdale. Also, does that mean Tinsley is coming back? One, I don't know. I don't know if it would be that interesting, but it would be nice to see her. But two, clearly we see that Martin really cared about her. Love that. Love you, Martin. And then last two from our girl Sonia Morgan, referencing Leah's dog at the election party (laughs) after she took some food from the table. (laughs) And she's like, a bitch better stay away from my food. Girl, that's the truth. Yes, me too. Give me my damn cake. Leave me alone. Give me my nachos. All that kind of shit. I would say this is the quote of the week because this was the most heartfelt, but also it was the most entertaining to me from our girl, Sonia. Morgan Lotters! It's a whole little, it's almost like a little monologue here. It's at the very, very end about Ramona being fake. I don't like fake. Don't do it. Shut the fuck up unless you're living it, feeling it, and breathing it. That's it. I love Ramona Singer, but don't you fucking post a picture and say I like my new friends. (laughs) That's my quote of the week. (laughs) I'm not going to say it again because it was so long, but that's it. I love that quote. She's so real. Sonia is so loved and adored by me. I think she is fabulous and she's great. I just love everything that she brings to the show. Yeah. So that, Yins Guys, is a wrap up for my show for today. I appreciate Yins Guys listening. You guys keep coming back. For those of you who are new, thanks for giving me a chance. Fuck yeah. I love talking about this stuff. Next week, we're going to have a guest. Uh, She is my believe sister, bravo sister, Diana, and uh, we're going to see what's going on with her, get her dish on all the shit that's going on in her bravo life. We'll hear a little bit about her podcast 
and uh, we're just going to shoot the shit and it's going to be a lot of fun. And then the next couple weeks, I'm going to have a podcast, Housewives on Display. I'm going to have them here to chat it up with me. So guys, follow ya bitch. That's me at Bravo Yinzer. Yinzer spelled Y-I-N-Z-E-R on Instagram, of course. Follow us at Believe Podcasts and at Believe Pop Culture. That's Believe, B-L-E-A-V. Please subscribe on the Apple Podcasts. You know what I'm saying? Or any podcast platform. Subscribe to your bitch. Give me a comment. I love seeing comments. Give me more. Give me more. Give me more. Write a comment. You can like it. Hate the show. I don't care. Whatever you want to write. Spill out your feelings. Dish out your tea. You know what I mean? Rate five stars. I hope you guys have a kick-ass week. And I will see you guys later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.